Board Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Scotty Barnes in the month of February, my brother. Another rookie of the month, I believe. I don't think this is his first. The guy has been coming in hot for us. We've needed it. Had some stunner, stunner games this week. Two 28-point performances, Matt. We love what we're seeing out of our rookie. Absolutely, man. He has been phenomenal. Um, I, I think we mentioned it a couple weeks ago when we were talking about how other rookies, namely Josh Giddy, have passed him in the Rookie of the Year race and how it's not necessarily because of Scotty's play but because of the counting stats and the fact that he's having limited opportunities. You give him some opportunities, I'm telling you, man, that game against the Brooklyn Nets, he could have gone for 40. He had 24 halftime and then like just decided to like not really try in the second half because we were just uh, dominating. I mean, I can't believe he started 11 for 11 that game. Matt's prediction seemingly coming out of nowhere. 2-0 against the Nets. I'm pretty sure we were joking out about it at the end of the day. Matt, how did you pull that one out? Man, I just, you know, no Kevin Durant, no Ben Simmons, no uh, James Harden, no Kyrie. The rest of their squad doesn't scare me, man. Even if we don't have OG, even if Freddie's hurt, we still got Pascal, we still got Barnes. Achiwa showed up in that game. Malachi Flynn, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it later on Raps chat, man. You're, you're pulling me in, bro. You're pulling me in. <laughs> I mean, we're going to talk a lot about the Raps today because that's kind of what the time is right now. We're getting to that point in the season. There's 20 or so games left for everybody. I'm still hoping for these Bulls, Matt. You know, wasn't the best week for them. They're still dealing with some injuries. Miami kind of jumped over them, but I'm still going to hold strong with the Bulls at the top there. Hey, hey dude, only a, only a game and a half back. Um, they're they're getting some players back. Demar Derozan is still you know top of the MVP candidates. Uh, Stephen A. stealing my takes. Um, <laughs> sad, whatever, sad, that, sad that Demar's uh, streak ended. You know I think he had like an 18 point game. You know he simmered off a little bit. Poor guy. You know can only put up eight or so 35 plus point. You know we'll we'll, we'll relax a little. I guess Demar needed to chill a tiny bit. Dude, considering the record was six, and he added two games to that and that person was wilt chamberlain <laughs> like come oh, on man. i was looking at his stats yesterday with marissa the man averaged 50 and 25 one season <laughs> just yeah. nuts when one of those unbreakable records that a lot of people have been like oh these are gonna stand the test of time gets broken and by one of our boys and damar you know we're pretty happy over here Absolutely, man. So yeah, they got chances. They got chances. I think. I think your take's still still alive and well. So we'll have to we'll have to check it out at the end of the year. I'm I'm holding out my breath, man. I want to see the Bulls stay on top. But let's flip into the NHL, Matt. Talk to me. I know it wasn't the best week for you, boy, over here. But what's going on, man? I mean, it wasn't the worst week. Uh, we did come back down to earth a little bit uh, with that game against Winnipeg. A lot of the hype was about you know what Shifley did last year in the playoffs to Jake Evans and and that back and forth. Um, but I think w I just want to say one thing about Shifley because I did like him. I thought he, he came off as a really great guy before these incidents and the way that he's been talking about it. He even did a distracted driving commercial in Manitoba where he oh. references trying to keep your head up and blaming Jake Evans. Like, he's a jerk. He's yeah. an actual <laughs> jerk. Like... And then they asked him about the whole uh, situation that's going on geopolitically in the world. We don't have to get into it. And he said, I don't know anything about that situation. I just go home to my dog and girlfriend, and I don't care. I mean, 
like not good, not You're great, a jerk. but yeah, no, no, not not the best life decisions there. But hey, what Whatever. can you do, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's sad to see uh, Montreal lose eight four to that team, but you know they were down four nothing. They came back. That that old Montreal Canadiens team under Dominic Ducharme would have lost like fifteen one. So you know, it's better than nothing. <laughs> you got to take some positivity out of it because, of course, it would have been a lot worse. Come just you know a few weeks ago. <laughs> Dude, we're in moral victory territory. We have been for the past month. So <laughs> we'll take everything we can get, man. Cole Caulfield still got a point. He's over a point per game player under uh, near Martin San Luis. So gotta love that. Meanwhile, last month everyone wanted to trade him for a bag of pucks. So <laughs> it's it's crazy how, you know, roller coastery situations can be and how, you know, little it takes for something to change for a player. Absolutely, man. Just a little bit of confidence. And you're you're taking off, man. A guy with all the confidence in the world world right now, Austin Matthews, being talked about as the best player in the NHL. You gotta love that Toronto media, man. Um, honestly, he's great. He's a definitely, arguably, a top five player in the NHL. Um, number one. Come on, guys. Uh, have you seen Connor McDavid? And there's another kid named Kale McCarr, who plays out in Colorado. I don't know if you've seen him play. But for a defenseman, man, he's dominant. Oh, my God. Like, Bobby Orr-level dominant. This kid's great. So There's, there's, there's always going to be conversations, right, back and forth. You know, there's always going to be somebody touting for this guy and somebody touting for that guy. And as we've learned, the, the, the people of Toronto, their voice is the loudest. So, you know, their best player is going to get talked about the most in terms of the media. Man, it's, it's exactly why uh, Julius Randle got fringe votes for MVP last year. Because the Knicks so media will bring up anybody in that city. And that's what happens to Toronto. I mean, we talked about it with Jack Campbell. They're struggling right now, and they're looking for new goaltending. They're looking for defensemen. Um, honestly, this team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I said that they were going to win the Stanley Cup. And that blown lead against Detroit, even though they got the game and they won it. Yeah. That can't happen, man. You can't lose to Detroit. You can't let Detroit come back in the game like that. That's not how you. That's playoff hockey. How you lose. So there's a certain level of professionalism and like talent that needs to shine through. And if you're gonna play sloppy and if you're gonna let things happen, well, you're gonna get caught out. And like I mean, in recent years, we've seen certain teams go all the way, completely unexpectedly. So anything can happen. Because they play as a team, they play with structure. They don't. They don't let any second on the ice. Um, get away from them. They're all about it. Um, yeah. And that's something that Toronto's going to have to learn, man. Somebody in that locker room is going to have to do something because they have the talent and the team to win this thing. They do. Even with Jack Campbell as their goaltender, man. Like, I, I totally believe that. So, I mean, they need to figure it. something out. You've been saying it sadly all season. You've just been crying all about season. the fact that you think it's going to happen. But, I mean, hey, it is what it is. We'll still be, you know, over here waiting, watching, hoping to see what could happen. But, I mean, I mean, I moved away from Toronto. I, I was done. I started a Toronto fan. I don't know where that – I don't know where that came from. we got to keep that away. Put that away. Lock it up. <laughs> Hide it. Yeah, man, because at least you're a Raptors fan, and, and that's what counts, right? Because basketball, basketball is what we want to talk about. Absolutely. Well, you know – Every week I usually start basketball talking about injuries, but we've only got positivity this week, Matt. You know, D-Rose, one or two weeks, he's got like a foot infection, poor guy, like a skin infection or something. So, you know, I feel bad for him. But let's talk about the positivity. Markel Fultz, 
This kid has been gone for 13 months. Rehabbing. Comes back. He has like an 11 point, like 8 assist game. A lot of fans are happy. Will he ever be the star that people expected? Probably not. But at the end of the day, it's good to see a kid back on the court. Yeah, and, and hopefully he can, you know, carve out some kind of NBA career for himself because you don't want to see those things really derail somebody's career. I remember he was the easy consensus pick over Jason Tatum, yeah. um, over everybody in that draft, and it wasn't even necessarily close. Um, so it's sad to see. Hopefully he can figure it out. Hopefully he can become that guy because um, he was a marvel to watch at, at Washington. I mean, I know that there are a lot of fans that are still hoping more for him, but at the end of the day, we'll, we'll see what will come. We'll hopefully watch, and hopefully he gets to play more and be you know injured less, you know, which is the situation that Brooklyn is dealing with because they're just so pumped to have Kevin Durant returning tonight because at this point, they are treading water, and they need that man to come back and start putting in buckets. Dude, they have fallen from grace for a team that was stacking on top of the East for a really long time. The fact that they're just holding on to their playoff spot ahead of the, the Charlotte Hornets right now is, is pretty wild. Um, they they need Kevin Durant. The fact that James Harden is gone now and Ben Simmons can't play for some reason. I mean, that guy has no competitive spirit. That guy got to figure something out. But I, I'm, we're talking about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a marvelous player, so obviously they're excited to have him back. They'll start winning again. I don't think they're going to catch us, though, man. I don't. I mean, that's the hope. That's what we're sitting over here. I still can't believe we're holding on to that seventh seed. I'm pumped for the boys, but yeah, KD, Brooklyn, they're in a weird place. And I mean, I had Kevin Durant as my MVP this season. And you, Matt, you said, that's not going to happen. He can't play enough games. He's, he's injury prone. He's always injured. Well, I mean, here we are once again. And it's why Matt's favorite conversation of LeBron versus KD will always be a LeBron win at the end of the day. Dude, it's not even close. It's not even close. I KD's top 15, arguably. LeBron is one, arguably. And there's a lot of distance between 1 and 15, my friend. All right, so let's move along here. Let's let's keep it rolling. The only real maneuver of the week, I think, we can talk about DeAndre Jordan, dropped by the Lakers, picked up by the 76ers. Lakers getting younger. I forget who they picked up, but it's somebody younger than DeAndre Jordan, I'm pretty sure. But the 76ers... Get a good backup. I think that he's going to fit in well. You know, he can play 10 minutes, 15 minutes, depending on what they need behind Joel. And, I mean, <laughs> Joel and Harden, shall we start talking about them? Because this new duo in the NBA, scary, Matt. Absolutely scary to see. Well, the fact that they're getting co comparisons to Kareem and Magic, Shaq and Kobe, yeah. and they're looking like that out there, man. They, they look dominant. Um, they know how to play with each other almost instantly. Um, that big little connection is so easy to integrate when you've got two players of their caliber. It's ridiculous. They're a very, very scary team, and they're probably the biggest threat to Milwaukee, in my opinion, at this point. I, mean, I don't after know how watching them play. I agree. I don't I, like. I don't know how a lot of teams are going to stop them. They've got Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thybul. They've got Tobias Harris. Um, they've, they've just got so much depth behind the, the two big stars. And, like, these guys are arguably two of the top five players in the NBA, top ten players in the NBA right now. When they I can make, be. 
yeah, I can make an argument that Joel Embiid's a top five player and James Harden's a top five player. I don't like the argument that James Harden's a five player. You know me, I argue against <laughs> it because of his cheating ability. And I think he does shrink in the playoffs. So that is something that I'm going to look for because they can do whatever they want in the regular season. They can go perfect the rest of the way. But in a seven-game playoff series where the refs swallow their whistles and Doc Rivers is pressured into making decisions that sometimes he doesn't normally make, yeah. are they going to be able to push through? I mean, you make that point when Joel had 40-something free throws in his first two games. Like, it's kind of disgusting, right? And it's a combination of the fact that he is so open, so he's getting passes, being open, and defenders are rotating late and having to try to make something happen. So that's where some of this is coming from. But at the end of the day... They're scary, and you have to be paying attention and looking out for them. Will they make noise in the playoffs? Will they have enough synergy come playoff time? Time will tell. I do have to shout out Tyrese Maxey, who's having a fantastic season. Stepped into a role when Ben Simmons went out that he was, you know, probably ready for and mentally has proven that he was up to its plate. But he's consistently been great, and a lot of times they'll say that he's the third star. You know, that Tobias is just kind of there helping, being what he needs to do. But Maxi's really coming out and having some big moments, so we got to give him his credit. No, Maxi is is quite the steal. Um, it's too bad we can never get him in one of those trade proposals, you know? Um, <laughs> so true. <laughs> he's really come into his own, man. He's really proven that he's a defensive ace for them. He's an energy guy. He has his lane. Tobias is obviously going to get lost out there because he's – probably the third or fourth best scorer now yeah he's not anywhere close to a, a top five defender on that team um he's gonna get lost in there i think if that's why they wanted to trade him so bad right if, they if i'm tobias all i'm doing at practice is shooting threes shooting corner threes shooting you know spot up threes anything because that guy's gonna be so open and he needs to be cutting to the basket on open lanes and shooting threes. And he needs to 100%. realize that, hey, I'm still going to get my money, but I need to contribute. If they want to win a championship, these players need to come together and figure out how to work best around these two superstars. Can they do it? Can Doc lead this team? Like, there's there's so many interesting factors, and that's why me personally, I'm still with the Bucks. I still believe in Giannis. I mean, we, we were talking about... The Miami um, Bucks Bucks game game. just last night. What a playoff atmosphere game. I was at work. Matt was talking. He was telling me, you got to go check out this. You got to go see the highlights. And what a banger, banger of a game. Dude, it was great. Um, I mean, if we're done with Philadelphia, I mean, the Bucks are really the only big contenders. I, I don't feel like Chicago and Miami have the playoff rosters to go deep. So for me in the Eastern Conference, um, unless the Nets can get healthy and figure out chemistry immediately, it's, it's going to come down to the 76ers and the Bucks. And Miami had taken that game from the Bucks last night in the third quarter, um, and they kind of started to run away with it a little bit. But Milwaukee was hanging around, hanging around. By the end of the game, I mean, I think it was like six points or something with a minute left, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, that's probably too much of a lead, for, right. especially for <laughs> Bucks who their, their score, their guy, the, is a two-point player. He's not a three-point player. And for the way 
that it happened and ended, I don't think it could be any more poetic for this team. And it's why I haven't been worried about them all season, despite them being slow. It's because Chris Middleton pulled up, hit a three. They get a stop. Giannis gets a jump ball, which was so easy for him to win um, over Jimmy Butler. And then it's like not even fair. (laughs) When I saw that, I was like, oh, brutal. Um, And then Drew Holiday marches up the floor nice and calm, you know, makes a little move, gets the two-pointer. And then, I mean, Hero's jacking up a a Hail Mary air ball three that, you know, from half court that doesn't even get close. So game over. It's kind of beautiful, right? Like, We've seen in recent years what winning a championship can do to the mentality for a lot of players. I still believe that that Raptors team, minus Kawhi, if we hadn't have ran into a pandemic, if we hadn't have ran into a bubble, we were on a tear. We, maybe, we, we probably weren't going to win a championship. But I believe that we could have, you know, with the right circumstances, shown back up in the conference final and, and been legit. Right? There's something that winning a championship does to some guys, especially when you're on that defensive tear, when you're trying to go back to back, when you're trying to defend your title. And Milwaukee just, they look different. They look calm, cool, collected. Giannis is having way too much fun playing basketball, enjoying the interviews. And Drew Holiday is arguably a top two, three wing defender, sorry, perimeter defender. At any night, even if he's at like 50% of his abilities, he is going to shut guys down. The Bucks are scary. There's no other way to put it. They're just still scary. They're absolutely scary. It's it's your their mindset change. It's the fact that they don't care about the regular season anymore. They don't have to prove that they're that scary team anymore. Um, and I think that is when they, are, they become the mo- most dangerous people and players. I mean, you think about LeBron... Even his mentality, I mean, just a couple days ago, what he said after that loss, he was like, you're going to have to bury me six feet under. I'm not going to be able to make the playoffs. Like, you're going to have to stamp me out because I'm confident that I can always get that chance. Um, That's what a 3-1 comeback final series does for you. Uh, That's what multiple MVPs and multiple championships does for you. It's that calm, cool, collected. We got this. Just stay calm. Stay to my game. When it counts, when it matters... When push comes to shove, I know I have it deep down in me, and I'm gonna pull it out. And I think that's what the boys feel in Milwaukee, and they're yeah. I mean, you you guys want to win this one in the regular season? Yeah, sure. I mean, oh, maybe we only win 50 games this year. Big whoop. They're right? casually securing home court in the first round, and winning that first seven game series leads your momentum the rest of the way. And the Bucks overcame Miami, you know, the kryptonite of the previous year to get through it. You know, have they faced Philadelphia yet in the playoffs? I'm trying to remember because I think Philly lost to Atlanta, so they didn't get the opportunity. So now I'm sitting here like, is this their next test? Is to get through Philadelphia? Is Philadelphia's next test to get through Milwaukee? Like, we've got this really interesting setup happening in the East. Well, you still have the kind of underdog stories of the Bulls, the Heat. The Cavs just kind of hanging out here. The Raps being a weird first round. The Celtics rising. Brooklyn, who knows? Like, the East is so fun to think about, Matt. Dude, it's it's absolutely the the best thing that, that we have going right now. I think the Western Conference is definitely the the weaker conference. Um, I, th- I think that if you look at the Clippers, the Lakers, the Pelicans, everybody underneath them. Like, the fact that Minnesota's in that seventh spot, man, we were talking about it earlier. <laughs> like, 
a team that went, I, what was it, 15 and 18 down the last 30 games of the season? No, it was um, 13 and 17, the yeah. last 30 games of their season last year. Like, what, now they're, what, 34 and 29 or 33 and 29? Like it, Nothing special. They're not special, man, and, and they're beating up on, on teams that are bad, right? The Western Conference from 8 to, to 15, 16 is not good. Whereas the West, the Eastern Conference, and the Knicks are at what, eleventh, twelfth? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Stephen A. was saying that minimum, at minimum, before the season, they were going to secure home court. No, no, not going to happen. And you know, it's it's fun. It's fun for us over here after having been the Toronto Raptors fans that were part of the East is trash and it's just LeBron's graveyard where he just goes through all of them, right? Like for for Milwaukee, for even I guess Boston, for the young Cleveland and, and Toronto, for these teams to be rising, it's so fun to see the competitiveness that we can still, you know, keep up with the top tier teams that are happening in the East. The best thing that the West have going for them, it's gotta be Luca and Ja, the two absolute monster kids that are running their way across the Western Conference. It's it's funny because like the Western Conference always is assumed to have better players, and when you look at Luca and Jaw and you think to yourself, who are going to be the next best players for the next decade, fifteen plus years? It's those guys, man. Um, I don't know who you want to talk about first. We can talk about both of them. We can debate who's better, but Jaw Morant is the most fun thing to watch in sports. The game against the San Antonio Spurs absolutely cemented that. He is he's why you pay the price of admission. Plain and I was so glad to have decided to tune into that game to get to watch Jaw do what he does. The fact that he put up a 48-pointer and everyone's like, oh my gosh, new career high for Jaw. And then he comes around the corner and has a 52-pointer with two incredible highlights the 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 pass from um from steven adams for him to just hop up and, and turn full it to tom court, brady just throw it in and then two minutes later to absolutely slam it down like i love Jakob, our boy Jakob, poor yeah back we've seen we've seen jaw attempt these dunks for the past two years those dunks of the if he pulls this off if he makes it happen it will break the internet it will be unreal and finally this man puts one down and it absolutely lit up the house it lit up the internet everybody was checking this out because jaw you can't do that that's that's illegal that's actually illegal man that's just mean man um i was i remember texting you about it we were talking about it and he plays to embarrass guys when he's attacking the rim he's not scared he doesn't care who you are he's going at you and he's going to try and embarrass you which i just think is awesome because he has the talent he has the veracity to do it and it's just unbelievably cool um he's he's spectacular man like just unbelievably good though the debate between him and Luca is a very tough one for me because also my boy Luca just absolutely murdered the Warriors today they were down like 91 74 and they won that game he's talking to the Lakers fans telling them you know thank you for coming yeah. and watching watching me play 
I thank you for paying for that because you know you're here to see me because nobody exactly. on your team's any good. I mean, so stuff LeBron, but uh, they've got such different styles and contrasting plays. Luca's all about the technique, about the the pace of the game, about being able to slow it down, speed it up at his style, um, outside outside shots, playmaking ability, being a big guy for the position he plays. Yeah. Jaw is just like in your face. I'm gonna attack. I'm gonna just destroy you. I don't care who you think you are. I don't need to shoot. I don't need to worry about the nuances because I'm that athletic and that good. Both are spectacular. There's such a fun comparison, right? Like, I remember last summer, Matt and I, we were talking about greatness. We were talking about eras of greatness and comparing players, and we were talking post-LeBron, and our comparison was we had Luka and Zion on the pedestal. And I was over here like, can I just can I just slide Jaw into that conversation a little bit? And I was like, because, nah. <laughs> But, but I, I had a lot of hope that he could get to this point, that he could believe it. And I think that you have to take their situations into account, because Luka came out the gate... With the opportunity to be the man, and I don't think he needed as much time because he had so much time overseas, obviously. Jaw has the opportunity with the team around him, this incredible dynamic that is created. They, they've taken college ball and, like, thrown it onto the Memphis Grizzlies, you know. Their coach is let the, letting them run the show. He has his boys around him, like, seeing that team get amped for Jaw after that 52-point game. It's beautiful to see, and it's helped raise him up to where he's got to be. Luca's just the man. He's just he's just being the man. He's, he's dealing with Kristaps. He's dealing with not having a real, real team in the same comparison. And that's why it's so hard to put them on the same pedestal. And you think back to the LeBron comparisons with Luca, right? It's why you can put them together because they have such similar games. They have such similar styles. And also Luca is doing what LeBron did when he was in those Cavs years. He was being the face of that team. He was pulling them where he needed to go. And Jaw is like, he's getting like maybe the Steph Curry treatment in a different way because he has a team. He's surrounded by maybe not the most amazing organization from a track record standard, but Memphis Grizzlies have, have been putting this team on the map and Jaw is there. And there's such a fun comparison between the two. Absolutely. It's just, um, it's funny that you bring up LeBron because we were talking about it. I mean, you give Luka Jaw's athleticism and he kind of is LeBron. Because if... LeBron was never as refined as Luca was during his early athletic prime. No, he, Luca is so uh, such a refined player in terms of the way that he sees the game, in terms of the way that he anticipates things, his shot, his his selection of moves, um, the the handle on him. Whereas Jaw is a very raw player, and that's why he needed that little bit extra time to kind of explode to where he has. Yeah. Um, and I think you're you're 100 right when you say the fact that you know the Memphis Grizzlies have built a proper team around Jaw. Um, you know, Brooks, Baines, Jackson, Clark, all of them, great, like good above average players. Um, Jackson could start on almost any single team in this league. Uh, Dylan Brooks could probably start on most teams in this league. Desmond Bain is showing that he could start on most teams in this league. Um, whereas you look at Dallas, and, and now that Chris Dabbs is gone, I mean, who you got? You got Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, maybe Spencer Dinwiddie, but he's only played five games this year. So it's, it's really hard to compare them because – Luca is just carrying his squad in a different way. Uh, they're completely different players. They'll be, you know, compared for the next 20 years. I think 
Jaw has potential to actually pass Luca just because he's not as refined. Whereas I don't see Luca getting more athletic and more explosive. I mean, you say, I mean, I agree with you on the more explosive, but in terms of more athletic, I think he can get more athletic. The guy's made comments himself that maybe he needs to take better care of himself. Maybe he needs to get in better shape. He's maybe realized at this point that maybe I need to come in and, and since I gotta be doing everything anyways, I need to make it so that my body is gonna support me in this. And Jaw, right, he's this skinny lanky kid. I know that life. I am that life to a T, right? But he packs on some weight, you know, think about what, he's never gonna be what Giannis did, but think about what Giannis looked like when he came into the league. So the sky is the limit for both of these guys. The thing that matters is the fact that they have the opportunities and their franchises are giving them the keys and saying, you are our number ones. We are going to support you as best as we can. You know, Cuban, maybe do a little bit better. We would really like to see Luca have a team. But at the end of the day, both of them are going to be legit stars in this league for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they'll be factoring in the Western Conference for the next... 10 years i mean dallas memphis get used to seeing those names at the top of the western conference standings because beautiful uh, that they're also kind of both small market teams you know that are absolutely getting elevated by this new star yeah absolutely man i mean memphis has been so good for so long without being great right the the conley gasol era was always always a tough team that you didn't want to play you didn't want to see them in the playoffs but they were never the true contender, the true monster in the NBA. Um, so maybe Jaw can turn them into that. And and Dallas and Dirk Nowitzki, they've got Luka now, so it's, it's basically symmetry right there. Um, I love those guys, man. I think they are unbelievable players. They are what we want for every franchise. Yeah. Uh, it, like, it's so much more fun to have guys who are competitive, who want to win, who who are bringing it out there because. It's just sad when you see a guy wasting his talents, you know? It just is. It's unfortunate. Do you want to talk about Simmons? Do you want to be upset about a guy wasting his talents anymore? Where do you want to go with this, Matt? Nah, man. I don't even want to talk about him anymore. Because, like, at the end of the day, the fact that he now has back soreness, quote-unquote, the fact that he's going to miss that game against Philadelphia, it just kind of goes to show you why no GM really wanted to trade for him that bad. Um, because at the end of the day, they don't know what they're going to get. He's not competitive. He doesn't want to win at the highest level. He wants to make his money. He wants to be famous. And that's about it. That's good enough for him, which is fine and perfect. You know, like lots of guys are happy with that. Be a rich millionaire who, who's an NBA star. But it, he's not going to win a championship. I'm, I'm with you, dude. We're going to put him on the shelf. We're going to put Ben Simmons away. Eventually, when he starts putting up, you know, maybe some numbers in a game, we'll take it out and we'll start critiquing his play style. But there's not much more else to take to talk about. We can get into Raptors chat in a little bit. You know, Pet Rockets, 11-game losing streak. Kind of sucks to be a Rockets fans right now, especially since this is, like, the third extra-long losing streak of the season for them. Knicks it's at funny. six losses. Yeah. It's funny because, like, they've got those 11-game losing streaks, but they also had a seven-game winner. Um, it's just... I don't know, man. It's it's a bad season for the Rockets. Uh, Jalen Green, man. You and I were both so high on that kid, and just absolutely nothing right now. Poor guy. I was I was I was hearing like an interesting thing of like your conversation between like a hooper and a basketball player, right? And a basketball player is like LeBron James, Steph Curry, 
Luca. Ka- Kawhi Leonard, Luca, and a Hooper is like Russell Westbrook. Um, best example I can give you is that, and it's like this guy, this kid is John, a Hooper. John Morant. John Morant's a Hooper, but he's still a basketball player because he still wants to win. He's not just trying to do it to do it. Fair, 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 fair. He's, but he he is kind of, like Westbrook wants to win too. It's just like his style is more of a Hooper style, right? Like he doesn't necessarily care about the nuance of the game. In terms of style, I agree with you. They, in my mind, I'm thinking towards like the mindset of like I just want to get my points. I just want to get mine. I want to live my fantasy on the basketball court, and that's what Green is showing me. You know, less uh, of the winning mentality, less of the what maybe Cade is doing over in Detroit, right? So that's that's just kind of where I was trying to go with that. Or even Scotty, who's like taking a back seat for the boys, so that they can, absolutely you know still win games and he can get on the court, but he's not getting the counting stats that necessarily will put him in rookie of the year conversation. Yeah, um, yeah no, I I totally agree with you, man. When the guy is shooting less than forty percent from the field, um, it's not a good sign. That's <laughs> absolutely well. Suns have hit fifty wins. You know, we could talk about them, but I feel like we've mentioned it the past few weeks you know good for them are they gonna hit 70 absolutely not 65 Ooh, that would be really interesting i still don't think they're gonna get there though i think they might get 65 it's just gonna be harder without chris paul down the stretch obviously um you know we talked about it last week it's it's gonna be a tough one for them slugging through that one but at the end of the day man they're showing that they're the best team in the western conference uh they're one of the best teams in the nba it's gonna be a fun playoff, man. Um, there's, I think, the first time in a really long time that we're halfway through a season or, or 60, 70 percent of the way through a season, and I have no idea who's gonna be in the final. I have absolutely no, no clue. So yeah. it's it's fun. A lot of us are just guessing out here, right? We have our we have what we think. You know, a lot of teams are gonna pick the insert top three four teams here insert top three four teams here and try to ride them through to the playoffs but at the end of the day i think the best place to be is where we are as raptors fans chilling at the lead point of the play-in tournament fighting to try to get into the playoffs and get out of the play-in tournament i think that's the most exciting place now to be come the stretch of the nba season yeah i mean you'd love to be at the top of the nba uh you'd love to have already you know avoided the play-in and and be the number one seed and jockeying for that kind of position but it doesn't it doesn't hold the excitement that the seven to to ten spot now holds yeah um i think it's it's a very exciting place uh for for teams to be in when you're at that at that point now because it's not just the one spot that'll get you in. It's not, you know, gunning for eight, gunning for eight, gunning for eight. And, like, even if you're in 11th, you got really no shot. Because, like, at 11, could you climb into nine? Could you get there? Could you get 10? You know? Maybe. So I, I think it's really exciting. I think our Raptors, though, I think we're better than what we're showing, man. Those blowout losses were so bad after the break. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to talk about them. They hurt so bad, man. Like, it was an absolute dumpster fire. The boys just didn't look cohesive at all, and everyone's thinking to themselves, like, oh, gee. The the biggest thing that I will bring up is the fact that, you know, we've missed Fred the past few games. We'll we'll talk about Malachi in a sec, because I want to talk positivity in a sec. But let's talk about that Hawks game where we lost. Fred had one of those games. He shot 8 for 22, 5 for 14, you could tell that something had happened, but classic Fred, the leader of this team, not knowing if somebody is going to be able to step into that role, to step up and take his minutes. 
and Malachi coming into these Brooklyn games, playing 42 minutes in a Raptors uniform in a real game, not the 905, a Raptors game, and being legit? Dude, I was so happy to see it, let alone the fact that Barnes was going absolutely off in each of these games. Yeah, I... I... I think also um, coming out of the break, the Atlanta Charlotte games, Gary Trent kind of struggled too. I guess the the break kind of broke up his, his great feeling of himself, and you know he's he's bound to regress a little bit back down to where he should be. Um, but it was just tough to watch. And then you're right, man, Malachi and Scotty Barnes, our last two first round picks, absolutely made made my nights on on the Brooklyn Nets nights. Scotty Barnes looking like an absolute killer. Malachi actually looking like a young Fred Van Vliet out on the floor. Uh, it was it was beautiful to see, man. If Freddie's gonna be Kyle, Malachi can be Freddie. It's it's exciting to see now that Tuesday game, Matt. It ended 109-108, and let me tell you, that score doesn't make the game look as close as it was because it was scary for the Raptors boys down the stretch. You know, we needed a big three-pointer from Thad Young. You know, there was a comeback in the fourth. (laughs) I mean, it happened, right? It was pretty epic to see. I mean, Malachi crosses up LaMarcus Aldridge. That was my favorite play of the night. You know, there was some big moments, but most importantly, the fans were in attendance. And that's where my comment of the score isn't as close as it looked. Do we win that kind of game without the fans? I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say yes. But the fans definitely help in situations like that. Oh, man. It it was not a game that we kind of deserved to win, but we ended up winning it anyways with the, the push from the crowd, the excitement to be back, the, the fact that, oh, man, it's just so, so wonderful to see. It's been too long, man. It's been yeah. too long, right? Like, we have been dealing with it more so than the other teams. And it's exciting to have fans back. It's exciting to have basketball played at the best level that it can be at our home arena. And it's going to be really interesting to see what the boys can do. Two home games this week, right? We got the Pistons tonight. Actually, this game's happening as we speak. We'll have to go check up on that in a sec. And then we got the Magic tomorrow. And then we'll be at the Cavaliers on Sunday and at the Spurs on Wednesdays. Pretty good week, I think, coming up ahead for us, Matt. Yeah, man, I think we've got some some pretty good games out here. Um, but like again last week, man, I, I I said you know we should beat the Nets, but we'll probably go two and two. Um, I'm not sure how it's gonna look. We are up on the Pistons right now, but the Pistons have been a trap game for us all season. All season. Uh, I'm worried about the Cavs game. If we could win all four, though, that's what we need to catch the Boston Celtics and yeah. I think that that's totally doable I think our, our roster's been clicking a little bit Pascal didn't have great games this week so maybe he can start figuring it out again um we'll, we'll see what happens I just man I want this team to to make the playoffs and make some noise in the first round I think they can I think they've got it down I'm absolutely with you so let's talk about the elephant in the room let's talk about OG's fractured finger He's going to be out for two weeks at least where he gets reevaluated. So we're probably looking at three or four weeks more likely. We don't like seeing OG injured. We don't love to see it. But as Matt was talking to me earlier, this is kind of a regular thing for the kid, which is not something that we as Raptors fans love to think about. 
Yeah, unfortunately, um, OG and Anobi is very injury prone. Um, I that's why he fell in the draft to us, right? He was coming off a, an ACL injury in college. Yeah, and he had that appendectomy in the the championship season. He's had injuries since. He's missed personal reasons and stuff, which like you can't fault him for those ones. No, um, but for such a key part of our team to be missing those games is really tough for our franchise because he he kind of is the glue that holds us together. He's willing to take a back seat to Pascal Siakam yep. when it comes to scoring or, you know, watch Scotty Barnes flourish and and just be the defensive ace. He has his money, he knows his worth, he knows that the Raptors value him. I just don't know if we can keep him as a long-term option if this is the kind of career he's going to have because at the end of the day the best availability is or the best ability is availability and yeah, he's never say be, that he's got to be uh, available in the playoffs man that's how we're going to win we can't win without him in the playoffs i know that i mean you're absolutely right this is the hope is that the injury is getting out of the way beforehand but yeah it's going to be hard you know two weeks three weeks four weeks whatever it takes but let's bring it back full circle matt let's talk about rookie of the month scotty barnes this kid in february was fantastic 54 percent from the field hitting big buckets playing great yes that hawks game on friday was tough but scotty had 28 points he went 13 for 18 Shining moment, you know, I'm glad to see this kid getting his own when everyone else him is faulting, right? Gary Trent had 14 or 12 points. Everyone else was below 10, so, like, at least Scotty got his. Dude, we've been we've been talking about it, you know? Um, since the beginning of the season, we were a little skeptical on Scotty. Um, we didn't know exactly how he would fit in on the offensive end of the floor, which we were kind of the most concerned about with our team. We knew he would slide in defensively. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people had Jalen Suggs as kind of the offensive initiator, the orchestrator for our team, and why we should pick him. What what Barnes has been able to flash as an offensive player is just outstanding. Nine offensive rebounds. I understand that the Nets don't really have a front court, but nine offensive rebounds, and just to clean up the way he did, it was it was a thing of beauty, man. He's going to be the greatest Raptor of all time, barring something spectacular to happen to him. Um, it's We made the right choice, and I, I couldn't be happier about it. We could talk about Barnes for days because there's there's so many little things, and it's also just his energy. You know, his, his, his free spirit, his fun-loving attitude, and his obsession with the game of basketball, which is, you know, contagious to the locker room around him, you know? I love getting to tune in to Raptors media content and seeing the boys pumped, amped, excited to be playing. Super excited to see the fans back. You know, it is a great time for Raptors basketball. We're sitting here comfortably above 500, and I can't wait to see how much farther we can climb up. Matt, I'm with you. I want to see it. I want to make us out of this tournament. I want to see what we can do. It's going to be really exciting, but time will tell. Dude, I, I what are we... Um... We're 34 and 27, so we've played 51 games. We have 21 games left. To get to 44 wins, we only need 10 more wins. So we only have to play 500 basketball to get to 44 wins, which I think was right around where we thought. I think we can get to 48. I still think 14 wins is, is definitely possible, a 66 yeah. winning percentage down the stretch. Um, 
We'll see. We'll see, man, because I think if, if we're just going to go into my hot take right now, man, I think we're going to jump Boston. We're going to make the sixth seed, and we're going to miss the play-in. Hopefully, maybe we can even climb Cleveland. Um, even Milwaukee's in our sights. Like, if you even think about the Chicago Bulls at 39 and, and 23, they're not too far ahead. The whole it, table is accessible. It's wild, man. It's absolutely wild. But I'm just going to say, you know, no, no two crazy pipe dreams, but... We avoid the plan. Matt's over here letting me be the crazy one because, yes, I'm with him on the on this whole plan situation. And I'm over here looking at this, you know, situation in the East. We've got a bunch of teams that have fallen, that are middling. I can't say anything against Brooklyn because they have way too many firepowers, so I can't say anything against them. The Knicks, they're a dead horse. Everyone's already sad about them. I'm going to talk about the Hawks over here for a second because this team, Matt, has lost their identity, and I could see them absolutely missing the playoffs at this point scary if it happens though crazy that they go from the eastern conference final to to outside the playoffs but again that just goes to show you man how tough the east has been this year and how good those teams are right on top of each other um it's gonna be a wild finish to the end of the season my friend but i'm excited for it only 21 games left where did the season go time just absolutely flies but at least basketball is still happening hey There'll be playoffs around the corner, and we will be excited again. But anything else might do to show we take it out? I think you're good to wrap us up. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up. Check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.